We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, can the Chiefs shut the door on the division this weekend? Nearing the panic button on the special teams and pass catchers are dropping like flies. Special guests include Damon Hughes at 11 and Paul Charchian at 1. Now two guys who could be starting for the Chiefs at receiver on Sunday. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Things are a little thin at wide receiver. That's for sure. We will talk about that a little bit later on coming up in about 35 minutes or so. Very thin after the injury news yesterday. We already knew about Juju Smith-Schuster and concussion protocol. But then we also learned that uh, McColl still dealing with an illness to the abdomen and also now MVS. So that's going to be something we'll definitely dive into a little bit later on in the show. A week from today is Thanksgiving. That is wild. That is nuts. We have a holiday feast in the building today later on during our show. It's from 11 to 2, though, which means that's when we happen to be on the air. So what will happen around 1130 during that break, we will go down and quickly put together a plate. And then those of you watching on the video stream will see how we quickly scarf down food, usually in between in between, you know, segments. And then Nick can talk for a while while we eat. Are you going yeah. to be making a turkey again for your family this year? You were very not. proud of that one last year. I was, and people liked it. it really, wow. It, Did they? Wait, Because you're not. they're not asking you're for retiring. it again. Well, I'm not doing it this <laughs> he made year. made it one time, and he's yeah. out. Not doing the smoked turkey this year. Are you sure they liked it? Yeah. They have I, once again not yeah. asked for it. No, they said, so you want to do the turkey again? And I'm like, I don't know. They go, well, uh, your uncle, one well, of my uncles, like, your uncle really? I'm like, yeah, I go, I just... Don't really Notice like that they pass it. that on somebody else, Nick. Listen to that conversation, because if they demanded it, they'd be like, you have to make it demand again. It. We have to all eat it again. It was so good. It was an extra item. It wasn't the main turkey last year either. Afterthought turkey. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so why put, in the, why put in the work? Why not just enjoy my, my Thanksgiving? Not have to Not have to do any prep the night before for it. None of that. I'm only responsible for desserts for my family Thanksgiving, so... Got Probably a smart decision by your wife. My, my wife? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't just say you could only make <laughs> you could only make dessert. Probably smart for everybody. Uh, already on the text line, 913, yo Nick, oh, why Fesco always be talking about you? He listen, can't keep his he can't keep your name out of his mouth. Listen, I am uh I'll just go ahead and break it right now. I wasn't gonna get into this right now, but I will be crafting a formal statement. Wow. During Nick's Notable Notes? On Bob Fesco. No, I'm not going to do it today. Maybe it's a Friday thing. I think that's a, that's a Friday thing. I'm going to end the week with it. Uh, it's been seven days now. He keeps running his mouth about me, so he's going to find out. You know? That's all I got to say. He's going to find out. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that tomorrow on the show. One hour from now, Danon Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver. Of course, you hear him on the Chiefs radio network. You'll hear him this Sunday night out at LA with Mitch Josh and Dan Israel. So Dana Hughes, one hour from now, will of course also get to all 32. But uh, this game on Sunday, we, we went through uh, the odds. We told you yesterday, minus 1250, the Chiefs are to win this division. But because of what happened this past Sunday night with the Chargers, and that was a loss to the 49ers, this division door gets closed 
with the win on Sunday, firmly, no doubt about it. I don't think there's any, there's no question whatsoever. I know you were willing to close it after week two. How about but this? Like it can be completely closed uh, on Sunday night. No, if they lose, it's still closed. Well, you so you think the door's closed right now? Yes, it's already done. It it has been closed, remains closed, and will stay closed forever. The division is over. It just is, man. At what point? Like, if the Chiefs lose, Gold, would you be worried? No. That the Chiefs were going to lose the division? Would you be like, I don't know, man, guys, something could happen. There could be a problem that eventually leads us to there. No. The answer is no. And if the answer is no there, then you know the same as I do, Gold, that the division is done. It's over whether they win or lose this game. Because I also won't be worried in any capacity if the Chiefs are to yeah, lose this game on Sunday. But here's the thing, right? But it's not, it's not, it's almost not even about the division anymore, right? I mean, it's now about can you continue to take advantage of the Buffalo Bills slipping up last week? And, and now, now they got like a weird Bal- week. And keep an eye on the Baltimore Ravens, who. Uh, their schedule is the easiest in football, and they've got a chance to rack up a bunch of wins to put some pressure on you. So, yeah, no, the, if the Chiefs were to lose on Sunday, the, the biggest takeaway isn't that, oh, my gosh, the division's in jeopardy. It is that you blew the opportunity. Perhaps you let the Bills right back in, or the Baltimore Ravens are, are suddenly right there for the one seed. That, to me, is the repercussion of a potential loss if you lose on Sunday. Now, I don't think they're going to lose on Sunday, um, but it's not about the division. Uh, it's really more about... I think the getting the number one seed at, at this point because they have handled their business and the way the division is gone uh, and with the Chargers injuries that they have uh, to me, it's just whether or not you can keep pace or uh, set the pace really uh, for the AFC West uh, or the AFC number one race. I should say I was just going back through Baltimore schedule. It's not just that it's easy on paper. It's that, that they do not play a single remaining good team until the last game of the season. Panthers, Jags, Denver, Pittsburgh twice, Cleveland, and Atlanta. They finish with Cincinnati, the only good team remaining on the schedule. And I guess by some chance, Deshaun Watson is the goods on December 18th. Maybe that game is slightly harder than you're going to for a guy who hasn't played football for two consecutive seasons. If they win, everyone knows it's slam close. They'll have a three-game lead, and the other two teams are a joke. Did you hear Nathaniel Hackett? He said, well, you know, Someone's got to win the game. And then got asked how I'm dead serious. And I think I've got the audio. Nathaniel Hackett got asked how he thought his offense was looking like. What do you think your offensive identity is? Right? A totally normal question. Coach, what would you say your offensive identity is right now? Uh, It's not uh, a good one. That can't be good. (laughs) Well, it's not a good one. Yeah, we know. We're pretty aware. So when you look at the way that, that this division is shaking up, if they win, it's done, done, way past done. And then the only thing you have to worry about is, can you outrun teams like the Baltimore Ravens or the Buffalo Bills to the number one seed? And seeing how Baltimore does have the easiest schedule remaining, but the Chiefs have the third easiest schedule remaining, including they get to play the Raiders and they get to play the Broncos. So they get bad teams in their division, like the Ravens are going to get the rest of the way against the Steelers and the Browns in theirs. It doesn't seem that crazy to me. I already think they're going to end up with the number one seed because I think they're maybe losing one game the rest of the way. And that means they can't be caught by anybody but Baltimore. And I don't think that that's going to be the case because I don't think Buffalo with the way they're going through their season. Not that I think they're going to, but I don't think they're going to not lose another game the rest of the way. So, so the odds on FanDuel for the number one seed for the playoffs in the AFC, the chiefs are the favorite at plus plus one twenty-five. Buffalo still has the second best odds at plus sure. 170. Talk about the gap, though. And this is actually, I think there's probably still some value in Baltimore. Baltimore is plus 750. So that's good. Worse, wow, that's worse, a huge gap. Worse than seven to one to be the one seed, which I think is is undervalued at this You're point. You're going to talk about that on that betting show tonight? Uh, so no live show tonight. We got K-State basketball taking on your Kansas City Ruse. I'm going to bet evening. on the Ruse tonight. Your Ruse Honor are, my university. Your Ruse are 19-point dogs. So no live betting show. I will still have a podcast out tomorrow for the weekend slate. And then I, I did a World Cup preview with Rob last night. You can, if you subscribe or listen to the show, you can you can check that out already. Um, but no, I mean, that's crazy to me. Baltimore plus 750. And then the Bills are plus 170. The Chiefs are plus 125 to be the one seed. I know why the Chiefs are the favorite, but just I would have thought Baltimore would be more like plus 350. Plus They're only a game back and have the easiest remaining yes. schedule in the NFL. So, yes, to your point, there's value there. But that's also what we're talking about. We talk about betting odds. Vegas also thinks the division's over right now. They don't yeah. care what happens on Sunday. 
They're declaring the division over. If you're making someone a minus 1250 favorite a week before Thanksgiving, as you had previously mentioned, they're saying it's done. Vegas is telling you this division is over, way over. If you think it's not, then fine. Go ahead and bet on the Chargers to win the division because you're going to get tremendous odds right now. Gold, a lot better as, than you'll get if they win on Sunday. As the host of that betting show, is that what Vegas is telling us? Well, What's Vegas yeah. telling you? <laughs> the odds makers, whether it's on FanDuel or wherever, are certainly saying what Cody is saying, which is that they view this as a race in order to get money that they, they're protecting themselves Having the Chiefs at minus twelve fifty, they're protecting themselves. They feel like they're going to win this division. If that, when it gets to that extreme, I mean, the Chargers are ten to one to win the division now. Ten to one. They that started would take off. A remember, and, and when it started this year, it was like plus one thirty five for the Chiefs yeah. and like plus one sixty for the Chargers, and the Broncos were only like plus two hundred. They considered it pretty Here's much why. a wash. They, they do it that way too because they're trying to get money, of course, on both sides. So if, if the Chiefs were still sitting at minus two fifty, people would still be betting them because they go, oh, they're they're that, you know, yeah, I'll bet a so, hundred to at, win fifty because I at, can't lose that bet. Sure, but at minus twelve fifty, I mean, the, you know, unless you're going to bet a, a large chunk of money, there's not much money to be made there. Because and they'll sitting. be fine to let you take that risk. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine to let you bet $10,000 at minus 1250 <laughs> to win the what? $200 or whatever uh, you would get out of that? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so you'd have to bet $1,200 basically to win 100 I believe, is the right, right math on that. Okay, so like $10,000 to win 1000 they'll take those odds. They'll let you risk $10,000 in order to only pay you out 1000 But that's it. I mean, the division, I don't think that this game matters. Like, from a, from a divisional standpoint, it matters for the one seed. It's still important there. That's why this game still has weight for Kansas City. But it does not matter for the division. It has no bearing. It's over. It's over whether they win or lose this game on Sunday. The only thing that we'll be frustrated by, I think, on Monday is do that. I know we'll have the conversation of, did they reopen the door for the Chargers? But the answer I'll give on Monday is no. Uh, If we're having that conversation on Monday, doesn't that likely mean that special teams failed them once again? Yes. I mean, because that has been the one unit. If we're pinpointing, we can go through as we talk about defense that there's need need for improvement and all that. But if there was one unit on this team that has failed them at times and certainly failed them in the loss to the Colts, uh, it, it's the special teams, which everybody has the you know everybody loves to tweet out. Well, the special teams hasn't been so special this year, guys. What well, hasn't? That's my that's my cheesy voice from Twitter. Um, they haven't been special. Same people making all those Grady Dick jokes. It's the probably. same people, yeah. Just a, just, a, just a one continuum <laughs> circle that goes through the rest of it. It's it's kind of wild when you really think about it because the defense, I think, has had uh, two bad games. I think the offense has had one bad game. That was the, the Colts game where I'm like, you you played bad. There's games where they could have played better. That was but, the played, muff, but that was the muff punt. The Colts game still had the muff punt. And, 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 the mid, and here comes the fake punt, you know, the fake punt pass that failed. I think you can make an argument that the special teams has had a bad game four times this year. Four That's half of the games, including the last one, by the way. That one was their most egregious, but they have been bad in four of their nine games on special teams. And I got to be honest, when you have a special teams coordinator as experienced as Dave Tobe, I don't really think that should be happening anymore. I know we don't talk about talent level the way we talk about it is like what you're dealing with on offense or what you have going for you on defense nearly as much as we do special teams, but come on. Four bad games? Should you be struggling that much? They're not good. Right now, on special teams, you cannot tell me that they're good at kick returns or punt returns. Okay, so that's a bad start. You cannot tell me they're good at avoiding penalties. They get those all the time. They're not avoiding turnovers, so also bad there. And right now, they can't even kick. Yeah, They can't even make a field goal. The only thing on special teams that is working is Nick's boy, Tommy Townsend. That's it. He's in the list. He's actually having a really good year. For He is. For, as, as a punter, he's having a very good season for the Chiefs. Uh, it's not the area that you want to necessarily be highlighting. Um, but here, here's what it is, I think, a couple reasons. One, I agree with the text line that still is blaming you with the Butker hoodie, that it all stems from I that. I got rid of it. So I think it's that was the start of it. I think there's still some truth to that. Um, and then also, they lost a lot of pieces from the special teams coverage unit. It seems so small at the time. Like, oh, you're, you're losing your fourth or fifth corner. That might be special teams or you're losing a Dorian O'Daniel or whoever. Like, but I think that has contributed to their lack of, of success on punt return slash coverage. Now, also, a question was asked yesterday to Andy Reid, like, in general, do you think because of rule changes in on special teams, is that why we don't, in general, across the league, see – I'm not – this has nothing to do with the missed extra points. I'm talking about, like, why do we not see the big returns happen as much in the NFL? And I think there probably is some truth to that. At this point, though, when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, 
and Tony's what you know he was back there for the punt a little bit. Sky Moore has been the injuries though. We'll talk about maybe impacting the the punt return game now on who's going to return it. Just give me a guy that can fair catch the damn ball and catch it. That's really what you need at this point in time because you haven't had a good enough blocking scheme on these returns. You know, McCole Harmon when he was back there has been their best the few times he's been given that chance this year uh, in that crucial game against the Titans where they 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 needed they couldn't afford a mistake on special teams. But give me a guy that can just fair catch it, catch the ball. And let's start at the 17-yard line if we have to on I a guess punt. It's this okay. Is, this is the thing. This is now two years in a row that we've been having this conversation. And I know it sounds ludicrous. Like, what, you're just going to give up on that play? If I have Patrick Mahomes, I am. They're the number one scoring offense. They're better getting first downs than any other team in the NFL. Why not? Why wouldn't I just take the chance at Mahomes doing getting the what? Because, like, on average, an average good punt return team gets, like, nine yards per return. You don't need to return a punt for touchdown to win. You haven't done it all year. You haven't returned a kick to win a game. You don't need it. You are good enough on offense and defense to win. All you need special teams to do is not be bad. And that has been the issue. They have just been bad for a majority of the year. The Butker one's the most frustrating because he's supposed to be the second best kicker in the NFL. Look, Justin Tucker is going to get the title of oh, best man. kicker forever. Yeah. He's going to go down as one of the best kickers ever. He might actually get a conversation around the Hall of Fame with him mm-hmm. because he's going to be the Ray Guy version. It's going to be the single greatest kicker of all time. So when yeah. people vote for the Hall of Fame, they'll probably put Justin Tucker in. But if you're the guy right below that, you're at the next level, you're the second best version of that across the league, stop missing gimmies. I wonder if... Stop, kick the ball through the back of the end zone. Like, he yeah. keeps leaving kicks short, too, and it doesn't look like it's on purpose because they don't look designed to tackle the guy. Yeah, that's always the tricky one because there are times where Dave Tone will, yes. will intentionally tell him, don't kick a touchback here. We, we want to make them return it. That does happen. But so, they're so, not good at kick coverage, but, so but just bury they it. They haven't been. Uh, I, I still wonder if he fully isn't healthy. Uh, talking about the, the the extra points and kicks in general, that we know it took way longer than they thought to get him back to being available and still going through that routine. But it's a weird spot to where I feel more confident in Butker making a 55-yarder than I do a 38-yarder, and that's just weird, but that's where we're at. I'd like, rather it be the other way around, wouldn't well, you? I, I, want I want the 38 one knocked I, I, in. I want, well, I want my every extra point. I don't want you to, even though you have Patrick Mahomes, I don't want you to play catch-up potentially because of a mixed extra point. Um, but there's a hell of a luxury of being able to have a kicker that can kick, the fi- kick a 57-yarder uh, and, and potentially win a game for you too, right? When looking for solutions or to just take the other side, right? We're both bearing the special teams right now. Let's talk the other possible side of it. Because right now, Bucker's missed two extra points and he's only five of eight of field goals. Obviously, he was injured for a yeah. while, so he's only had eight field goal attempts, but he's missed three of the eight, yeah. which is the same ratio we were getting from Matthew Wright or others. So as much as it's like, should we have rushed him back to get five of eight? The answer is probably no. The other guys could hit five of eight. That was in the cards. But I did try. I did think of one thing that I thought could be a viable reason why the special teams unit is struggling this year. When you have this many rookies playing valuable snaps for the big roster, you don't get to use them in special teams. When Joshua, you yeah. some. That's what I was but saying. Though. Near, they, I know. They lost but, multiple pieces. That's exactly it. When <laughs> Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson and those guys graduate, then he really is kind of coming down to the like he's being hurt by the depth. At the very end, because you get re- like, we're not even giving you your normal seventh rounders. Normally guys like Isaiah Pacheco, not running backs, not as much sometimes, but Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams or any of those, or even to a point like they should probably get sky more on like just kick coverage. But when those guys aren't being used there, then they don't, then he doesn't get the pick of the litter, which he normally does. And in his time in Kansas city, he's had special teams units that have ranked pretty good. But I wonder... Yeah, like, you're talking about Dave Tobe. For those that maybe didn't catch up, yeah. we're not talking about Butker anymore. Dave we, Tobe. we say this with any particular unit. Like, at some point, you worry about a message lost, right? And this is two years in a row now that the special teams unit have been below expectation, in my opinion. I just don't want them costing them games, which isn't crazy because Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Just don't screw up is all we ask of the special teams right now. And they're not even capable of doing that. They've played bad, like, half the time. Yeah, I think, I mean, as I said a few minutes ago, I agree with you. I think the coverage is because they don't have some of the guys like Dorian O'Daniel on this team this year. I, I don't disagree. Since there's the Thanksgiving feast later, should we let you, Gold, take the camera down to the Thanksgiving feast to show everybody what we're getting? Do we get audio, too? So you want me to we take can get audio the wireless of Alex camera. or me. Either of us could go down. 
but you wouldn't. I would not be able to hear you. I mm. could go down and show you the feast, but you would not be able to hear. You'd be able to hear me, but I wouldn't be able to hear you, which seems dangerous, obviously, if you are the person who can't hear what everyone else is saying about you. So that would just be for people on Facebook and Twitch and Twitter and YouTube. Um, yes, but people could go check it later, and I would give a live play-by-play. I could watch what you're doing. I could pull up the stream just like any other person could pull up the stream. I assume you have it up at this moment. Uh, I did. Yeah. Okay. Let so. me ask you this, Cody. As a professional broadcaster, <laughs> do you think that that would be good content, you giving play-by-play of Alex going through the buffet downstairs? <laughs> it could be. You know, I do, I do like the idea of, of trying What if things. he interviewed people? What if he stuck the camera in their face and asked them what I'm they were sure eating? They'd love that as their. What if he did it to our food? boss? What's that? Is that what is that? What is that called? Uh, it, gotcha journalism. Yeah, <laughs> I think Gold should go down there with the camera, talk about the food, and then ask for a raise. Just go grab the camera and walk you through the or, spread. Like- or hold on, is it better for the audience if he takes a whole pie? Like a, oh. he takes a comically large amount of yeah. the food that is available. Walk to downstairs, everyone. Gold. Say, oh my gosh, this food looks incredible. Where is it from? <laughs> and as you say that, you grab a pie and walk away. Don't oh, bring it up. Pie. Bring it up for the whole show. Like uncut. Don't wait for an answer. Just bring up the whole pie. I have been told there'll be pie downstairs. Well, yeah, we all were told. There was an email. Not just you. There was, a, there was an email for everybody. I don't know what you got to I don't know how to do it that way. I was just trying to... That <laughs> happens a lot. Always, this always, was a radio it's, effort. It's, you don't have to, like, peel behind the curtain. I was just trying to say something. No, that happens a lot, though. It's like, I got this. Like, yeah, we, all, we all got the same thing, man. We all, got the, we all got the same deal. There is pies down there. I don't think you needed to add me there. I don't think that was... I don't think that was necessary. <laughs> I don't know. That's a lot of breaking good. news earlier, early in the show today. Breaking news? Well, we've played the breaking news sounder three, four times. Well, I mean, you said no betting show tonight. No. Um, K-State hoops. K-State hoops. I'm going to be writing an official complaint letter. Oh, yeah, that's about right. About Bob Fesco and his ongoing harassment. Now, <laughs> if there are any problems with the video stream, you can blame Nick because I'm no longer in control of it. So, more behind-the-scenes stuff. Gosh. I thought we were breaking Boy, news. 20 minutes into the show, too. Just imagine where this could go the rest of the day. Yeah. we got a full Thursday ahead of us. <laughs> Off to a thrilling start. <laughs> thrilling start today. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. That's what everyone wants. Do you, do you think, though, we're able to quickly run downstairs and grab the food? E- yes. But eat it before you get through another 25-minute segment? Maybe not. Okay. I'm just wondering. This Sunday, there's no international game. A bummer. But Monday night, I'm kind of used to these like 8:30 games. But Monday night, there is. Monday night, Mexico City. That's going to be the 49ers playing in Mexico City, and they'll take on the Arizona Cardinals. And the NFL now is considering also playing games in Spain and France. Is there anywhere in the next 25 years that they're not going to be playing? We know they're in Germany now. They've been in London for a while. At this point. The NFL this year is playing five neutral site international games. Four of them were played on Sunday. And as I said, one of them is going to be on Monday night football. But why, why wouldn't they at this point? Every time they go to another city or international city, it's, it's been successful. They have no problem selling out the place. They had three million ticket requests for the game in Germany. I assume at this point that the NFL is trying to figure out because their brand is huge in the United States. It's so yeah. big. It dominates by so much. They are the king at the top of the mountain, and it's not particularly close. And if you have something that's going that well, why wouldn't you do it? Like, if you're the number one social media platform in the U.S., like, this is what happened with Facebook, right? Every school, everyone wanted to be a part of it. At some point, you're going to test other markets, other people available to your service, and I think that's what the NFL is. It seemed like they tried this a little bit about 20 years ago. We talked about with NFL Europe, and they gave it a try, and it was maybe a little too early in the game, for the game growth to try to convince people to do it. But now the NFL brand is so strong that they think they can start traveling into these markets and doing it in these one-offs is great because then it makes it seem exclusive. It doesn't make me be confident that a team permanently in Paris would work yet, but it makes it very exclusive. And if you do that, then there's always going to be massive fanfare into it even like think about go back to like what nfl network was is now or was then when they were trying to promote it it didn't even have the same promotional arm as it does now or the money or resources that all these teams put into it like what the chiefs put into advertising themselves in mexico city and germany is significant now 
So yeah. to me, it's just it's easier. But to answer your question, no, I don't think there won't be anywhere they won't play in 25 years. They'll probably be in 25 years. There'll probably be some game in Japan. I don't think it's crazy to think to that play, they'll uh, just keep doing that. Years ago, didn't they used to have like those preseason games in Tokyo? Maybe. And they would actually have, and I, this was probably in the 90s, they would have somebody that played in one of the football leagues over there actually on the preseason roster for that game. I think that was always, that was always like a, a cool thing there. This was in the 90s that they would do that. Let's do Chiefs it in play, Australia. I think, I think the Chiefs played in Tokyo one time. Get some Aussie rule football players like in that it running back intense. and punter. That would be intense. We've well, seen We've seen a few of those guys crack into the league. I just think we know that money is the driving force, but I still think for a lot of fans, it still sucks to see your potential home games, right? End up overseas where you lose the home game and all that. You know, the extra ninth home game though, if you treat it like how the NFL teams are treating it, that's a freebie. Then treat it like it's a freebie, right? I mean, doesn't that feel that's like helped, the most yeah. logical thing because Next year, the Chiefs are going to be in Germany. It'll be one of their home games, so they will only get eight home games. The, the Chiefs don't make you pay for nine. Like, the, the rate per game is the same. I understand that you might want to go to nine games, but what percentage of fans, people who are fans of the Chiefs, does that actually affect? How many people are assisting ticket holder members for the Chiefs? 20, 30,000? So More if they're, than that. More it, than that. God, I mean, how many game tickets? But, I, mean, but I'm, I kind of agree with Cody in that if you do think about the ninth game, it's like, are, how much it, are you really affected as a fan by going to eight games instead of nine? The only thing that stinks, like, while you're right, they don't have to pay for the, the extra home game that's overseas. You Remember the years where they have only, quote-unquote, eight home games? You have to pay for two preseason games at home those years. Remember, when you have the ninth home game, you only have one home preseason game. And remember, those are full-price tickets for season ticket holders. When you're still, the, the years, I think, when they only have eight home games now, they also get the two preseason games at home, I think, is how it works out, something like that. And so you end up paying full price anyway for that game. Wouldn't you'd rather pay for the full price of the the real game than the preseason yeah, game? Yeah, that'd be the only part that's different. I think a lot of this is you're right, but I mean, it it shouldn't like if you treat it like it's just an extra, it's not a big deal. I think like even the people who are season ticket holders, gold. How many? How many season ticket holders go to, would go to every all nine games? And how many people root for the Chiefs? Let's say it's 20,000 people, and I'm being generous. 20,000 people are going to go to all nine games with their season tickets. They're not going to sell one off. They're not going to give them to their buddies yeah, once. I don't have numbers back. That They're seems gonna... very low to me, but I don't have numbers to back that up. But that that's 30,000 of what? The 10 million people who root for this team? It affects a disproportionately small number. The NFL's not going to worry about that. I know the NFL's not. Yeah, it's not. Again, we know money's the driving force. Nobody's. De- why are they playing in London? Money. Plain and simple. Sure. Why are the Chiefs playing in Germany potentially next year? Money. Like, nobody's arguing the financial side of it. But if you're a season ticket holder, yeah. Yeah, yeah Gold's a man of the people. He represents the common fan, like you, and Cody is a corporate chill who only cares about the NFL's money-making machine. Your brother-in-law has season ticket. Yes. He yeah. does not go to every game every year. He does not go to all nine. He does if his kid's not sick. Yes, he does. Has, but, but, his, but that's the thing. Things happen. Like, I understand yeah. your logic that, like, I'm well, if everything have, goes perfect, but things don't. more than 20,000 season ticket holders is all I No, I'm say. saying more than that. I'm saying how many go to every single game. Yeah, I, we, yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. I would I would say it's a decent amount, though. Coming up next, let's talk some Royals baseball. So Dayton Moore, we know, is no longer the president of baseball operations for this organization. He spoke, though, for the first time since his firing. What is he up to, and what did he admit? We'll get to that next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Just getting started here on a Thursday. Danon Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, going to join us coming up in 25 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on a very thin wide receiver core right now when it comes to injuries, and it's something we're going to hit on in about six or seven minutes or so with the injuries to Juju and MVS and McCole Hardman right now and what that could mean for some opportunities. Uh, So we'll talk to Danon Hughes in 25 minutes. Uh, Before we get back into the Chiefs, though, it – had been, what, a month plus since we have heard from Dayton Moore, of course, uh, that he was let go by the organization and kind of laid low for a little while, I'm sure, as uh, collect, you know, his his thoughts and as most of us uh, would. as anybody would when you, when you lose your, your job. And now that we're at the GM meetings going on in baseball, you figure that maybe he's got some future opportunities. He was on uh, one of our podcasts that are part of Odyssey. Uh, that ba- baseball, baseball isn't boring, I think, is, is the name of the podcast. And he was on there and he was talking about the firing. He's talking about his other opportunities. And it sounds like, by the way, he's thinks in the next week or so, he might be able to announce his next move. We all think he's going to, of course, stick around baseball as he should. I think there's a pretty good chance and he'll end up with the Rangers and Chris Young. There's a connection. Yeah. Who was around the World Series teams, obviously, and they have a close friendship. And he's the general manager now of a team who has just let go of their president of baseball operations. Feels like senior advisor for somebody, right? Correct. Something like, something like that. Yeah, that feels right. So he's going to be back in baseball very, very quickly. Um, but he, he spoke about – he was surprised. Like, he, yeah, he, was he was surprised and, and pretty shocked by the, the firing at the time. What, I, I, don't, I don't blame him for feeling that way because he said that they were making big long-term plans, which any organization would do whether they're letting someone go or not. John Dorsey spoke very similarly about it. It's like, man, we're talking about the draft and who we're going to look at going forward, and then you're let go. It's going to come to a surprise – and, you know, there were things in the, the podcast to like about what Dayton said. He was very, he was talking about, you know, you don't have to be, you just have to be the player that gets the best out of everyone else, not be the best player in describing Eric Hosmer and his contributions to the Royals and why that's the type of player he'll have on his team a hundred times out of a hundred. And probably why at the time there were all the reports that he did offer Eric Hosmer a very competitive level contract to stay with Kansas City after those World Series years. But the most, cons- the The thing that frustrates you a little bit to a point is nobody else in any other industry, the NFL, whatever, can just be who they are forever and expect that to work. Quote, I appreciate and respect and admire and covet the data, but I learned the game a different way, understanding the makeup of a player, what motivates them, what drives them. Those things I believe will never change. To me, the same thing that won him a World Series is the thing that got him fired. Adapt and survive. Or don't and die. Like, that's how every... By the way, this is every job. We're doing a live stream right now. I have I have very little video background. I've never run a professional live stream. We all did a bunch of research, looked up all the stuff we needed, slowly put the components together, and now it technically brag works. brag a little bit more, why don't you? I said all of us. It could have been all... I, I don't know why <laughs> you'd have to make it weird. Or in Nick's case, you can see a lovely graphic that, that are on the bottom of the screen. For a few of them, right on the last one, talking about the AFC West. Nick made those. Nick did not go to school for graphic design. Nick had to learn how to do it because we needed graphics for the show. So it's, if you don't learn new things in any job, that's it. And when I hear that quote from Dayton, it's, I was never going to change. 
Which is why when the Royals made the decision they did to move on from Dayton Moore, it was the right one. Well, it's also how we, we, we've seen the last month play out, whether it was the, the, the manager they decided to hire. You know, I don't think if Dayton Moore was the GM that that's the manager they would have hired. Well, if the that was previous still, three were right? very similar. You know what I mean? Like if that was the if that was the thought process still across the board in the organization, then that's probably not the manager they would have hired. I think we saw both with JJ becoming the the president of baseball operations, the, the type of manager that they hired, clearly the the shift in the organization to uh, lean into fully, and actually it shouldn't even say lean into. Now dive head first into data and analytics more so than we've ever seen from this organization. I think you, you saw the disconnect and like where there was people tugging in a different direction than what he wanted maybe to necessarily go, what he believed in it. And it got him a world championship, by the way. So in his mind, it works, right? He, he won a world championship, but just because that's how it worked the first time, doesn't mean you can re- replicate that necessarily. Um, and, that's, and I think and that was it. That's what's tough because all you had to do is adjust. Obviously Dayton Moore was a very good personnel man. He put together, built and won a world series in Kansas city. There's no denying. And part of his belief structure that he's talking about, no doubt, led them down that path. Absolutely. They could have moved on from different players. They could have given up on They could have been more transactional. No. They held on to their players. They believed in them. They gave them everything. They chose a manager similar to that of, not Mike Matheny and Ed Yost are different managers, but same in the fact that they're old school baseball men, I guess, if that makes sense. I think they're different attitudes and all that stuff. But, you know, guys who believe in the player and they're going to, and he, he, you know, he did. I think he said this to me before even he called the the clubhouse, a living, breathing organism that requires like, and I don't disagree with a lot of those things, but if you don't adapt to what successful baseball teams are doing or adapt to it more than it seems like he was willing to at this end, because if he's saying, I understand numbers exist, but I grew up in an era of baseball that is different. Any person who's ever said that at their job, is not going to survive for long. Gold, you could have said, I came up in an era of radio where all we did was talk into a microphone. Well, there's other things now. We all have to be versatile. People have to be able to do different things. Ask anyone who works in TV news now who has to go shoot what they call MMJ stuff, where they have to go set up the camera, stand in front of it, press record, edit it later, and then send it back to their boss. Yeah, it didn't used to be that way, but if you try to be a guy who just stands in front of a camera anymore with a camera guy and somebody else who edited it, you don't have a job now. Like, that's just the way any industry works. There's a lot of it in media, but I think in Dayton's case, it was kind of disheartening to hear that because it's like, if you could have kept adapting, where could this team have gone? Because you are good at identifying good leaders. You are good at keeping players wanting to play for you. Just roll in the numbers more than you were willing to, it seems like, towards the end there, and this could have been a very different story. Thought it was really interesting. Check it out on, on Odyssey app as well if you want to listen to the full interview. Uh, again, Baseball Isn't Boring is the name of the podcast, and they had the former Royals GM and, and baseball operations, president of baseball operations, Dade Moore on there. And I'm guessing based off of that podcast and what he had to say, yeah, in the next week or so, expect whether it's with the Rangers, some or other some organization, else, yeah. or the, the league, who knows, right, that he's going to be uh, certainly having some type of executive front office type of role. I had mentioned uh, Danon Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, coming up in about 20 minutes, and I want to get his perspective on these wide receivers because all of a sudden they're, they're kind of thin. We don't know for sure the status of everybody for Sunday. We all know about Juju, who's banged up. Uh, we Not just banged up, he's in concussion protocol. And the likelihood of him playing Sunday seems pretty small. Then McCall Hardman's dealing with an abdominal illness. Again, we still don't really know exactly what that is. And then MVS as well. I mean, that's three of your top wide receivers to now where you're talking about healthy Kadarius Tony, healthy Sky Moore, healthy Justin Watson, and I guess Marcus Kemp. You know, those oh, that the, that would those, normally be the, the next guy uh, up down off the practice squad. You know, yeah. Those are. That's it. Or um, Darius Fountain, I guess, right? Is he I, still around these days? I, I don't love that list of wide receivers you just gave because the guy you'd have the most confidence in somehow is Tony. Well, I don't like it for our bet because if Justin Watson is a key player oh, yeah. in the game, I forgot about that's that. very bad for our bet because oh. Justin Watson will bad, definitely bad get bad some targets. I don't know. Bad for you. <laughs> we'll yeah, definitely yeah. get some targets and make some headway in the offense. So I don't, I don't love that admittedly. But if the guy you trust the most is Kadarius Tony, who I have one game's worth of evidence, essentially played nine snaps in the first one. That seems like a recipe for disaster. And while the chargers defense is not good, their pass defense is way better than a run defense. So then what? Cause is this really the list or is it Tony 
and then Watson, and then we should be mentioning <laughs> McKinnon and Clyde and, you know, like I think, so many of these other guys before we get to Sky Moore and Marcus Kemp. Like I think MVS is getting up playing. He was diagnosed as just sick yesterday. Yesterday was Wednesday. The game's – if he's truly just sick, I, ex- I expect MVS to be available. So I really think ultimately the list is going to end up being at least MVS, Tony, then Watson and Sky, which – do you with like Kelsey? You can you can make that work certainly, and with with, the, with what they can scheme up, I, I I don't doubt that one bit. You really do need MVS though to be part of this thing on on Sunday. I think so because if you're without Juju and MVS, then I really don't trust the wide receivers. And it's not that Mahomes can't work miracles with guys who are lower in the depth chart, but there's still a limitation for what you're going to be able to do against any defense if you're missing those number of players. Do you like this as an interesting case study of what the offense would look like without Juju Smith-Schuster next year? Because yeah. if MVS plays, then we are kind of emulating that. Yeah, MVS, I know Tony, and, and, and if Hardman now play, Hardman need Hardman. No, but Hardman's not going to be yeah. on this team either. Yeah, that's true. This is pretty much like if Hardman doesn't play and neither does Juju. If you'd like yeah. a little preview of what would happen if we didn't pay Juju Smith-Schuster next year, this game would be it. And a divisional opponent, so somebody who knows what you like to do on offense – and all the running backs are still like we would assume Pacheco and I guess I assume Clyde will be back here yeah, next year. Jarek is the guy we don't know because he keeps just coming here for a year or so. But when you like, you know, this would be a pretty close it's to what not. if they signed and drafted, no one next year would look like, which I don't want to happen. I want Juju to come back, but I am kind of fascinated to see how it looks. Isn't this where it's an opportunity once again, though, to continue? We know the snaps have been there all year for Noah Gray, but is this a Noah Gray and Jody? Honestly, J- Jody Forts, where both those guys could end up getting more playing time if they're going to be 14, really thin. We're back to 13, 14 personnel, whatever. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, we, we've definitely seen Noah Gray be more involved this year than he was a, a season ago. I think what we've seen from Noah Gray this year is what people were thinking. Maybe he was going to be right, right out of, of college as a rookie. Cause last year there was a lot of, like, Hey, the chiefs love this guy. The chiefs love this guy. And then we just didn't really see it this year. We're seeing kind of what, of what, what, what people maybe thought he could be. And that is being more involved in the passing th- game as well. I think there could be, I, I definitely think there could be more of a tight end. Look, if you're going up to the 30, 30th ranked rush defense, you should probably try to run at some. I mean, they can't, they have no one left on their defensive line. And you have a, I would say, pretty highly invested offensive line. You've got the highest paid left guard in football. You have one of the higher paid left tackles in football, one you gave up first round picks for. You have a second round center. You have, I mean, you have investment in that position. And depending on who you talk to, some people probably be higher and where the offensive line has performed this year than other. I saw Sam Monson put out his offensive line rankings right now. He had the chief second. And I do not think like they've played like the second best offensive line. Admittedly, I have not watched the offensive line of the other 31 teams play on a consistent basis. And I respect Sam Monson's general opinion on things, but I don't know that they've ever lived up to that. I thought they'd be that before the year, but this feels like a good chance to take advantage of a bad defensive line, right? Yeah, and a defense that has given up the what? fourth most points in the NFL. Yeah, they're going to they're getting some guys back on offense the Chargers are, but that defense, that specifically that defensive line, they were already thin on Sunday night against the Niners and then they lost a player or two against San Francisco on Sunday night football. So they're extreme, and Tillery's gone, right? They they cut him. So they're really thin. I like how they were already bad on defensive line, and they're like, nah, we can't even use a former first rounder. Get out of and here. And you told who did, who with the Raiders, right? Who picked them up on waivers or something? Raiders did. Yeah. Chiefs put a claim for him. Yeah. Eight teams put a claim in for him. Well, former first I'll tell round you this. Pick. If eight teams put a claim in for your player, you should have kept him and traded him in the offseason or done nothing, but you should have let him play for your team the rest of the way, seeing how you already don't have depth on the defensive line. I, I don't know how the, toxic that had to that's be, the but thing. You know, that's the thing. We don't know like what that relationship was was like or what his buy-in was with yeah. them but if the chiefs cut a guy and eight teams put a claim on him i'd be like um you couldn't get any deal done with anybody at the trade deadline for it for for a guy that eight remember, teams are interested in yeah the thing is remember that we're post trade deadline now so no like, i know but before yeah. presumably if you're willing to cut a guy two weeks after the trade deadline you were willing to move him before yeah let, it, we just yeah let, unless there's more to the story there right i mean let, unless he's flat out said like basically i'm just not gonna really play for you guys who knows I, I we have we have no idea we're not in la covering the chargers with tillery but yeah that's interesting that that he was willing to or they were willing to just cut him that all right let's get to nick's notable notes Nick's notable notes. All right, guys. Today it's another edition of If Then. Are you guys familiar with this game? Yeah, I think we've we've had it a few times. Cody, I am aware. Okay. It's if always... blank happens, then what? Right. I assume that's what we're getting to here. Wow. Well said. Couldn't could have done it better myself. All right. First <laughs> one, guys. If the Vikings beat the Cowboys on Sunday, then 
They are the best team in the NFC. Wow. Then Kevin O'Connell really is in line to be coach of the year. Well, he's he's always that saying one. that because he got money on it. Yeah, it's always a Vegas perspective. Then Nick can't downplay the Vikings anymore. That one might be it because <laughs> I feel like I'm always going to move the goalposts on the Vikings. Or more accurately, I'm always going to move the goalposts on Kirk Cousins. I don't think Fair. there's anybody <laughs> in the NFL who has to prove more to me for to take them seriously than he does. I, That's fair, though, right? Yes. Because Based of off his career? Because of how he's played in primetime and the fact that every single NFL playoff game is essentially like playing on primetime, I would be worried about his postseason performance. But they have legit – they have they have stars at every position, not quarterback, right? They have star pass rushers. They have guys who are getting to the quarterback all the time. They have star wide receivers. They have star running backs. Like, they, they're great everywhere. They're just not great at quarterback, <laughs> which I know causes problems. But, but you know, again, because of the way in, they're playing, it doesn't again, seem crazy. In the again, NFC, there aren't a lot of that. That's the thing. In the NFC, okay, Daniel Jones, he's better than Daniel Jones. Uh, you, you start going through the other playoff teams uh, that are potentially going to be in it. And it doesn't really scare you all that much. Like, he's no. not that, there's not that huge, huge gap between him and the, the next guy. It's just so weird that the Vikings are having their best year as a team with Kirk Cousins. Like, <laughs> production-wise, having maybe the worst year of his career. But when you're good everywhere else, then all of a sudden... Because Kirk Cousins way, is a mistake most, guy. Kirk Cousins way, is a screw-up-the-game guy. If you tell him not to screw up the game, you might win That's more. the most Kirk Cousins thing ever. For him to have a career down year and for the team to have their best year. All well, right, up next, guys. Garbage time. He's the garbage time yeah. king, dude. You guys just talked about this. If the Chiefs are without Juju... MVS and Nicole Hardman this Sunday. Then they still beat the Chargers, but the offense scores less points. I still think they'll win an ugly yeah. game against. How many LA, guys would have to be gone? Is, is Kelsey the big one? Like if Kelsey's yeah. gone, that's the only that, way. If you had a Kelsey to that list, then the Chiefs are losing yeah. to the Chargers on Sunday. That's well, that would just be the big unknown at that point. Like to me, it's not like this huge. Like what are they going to do without? a couple of these wide receivers. It's more, if all of a sudden, yeah, you don't have Kelsey, then it really is like, can they get enough separation with nobody focusing in on a particular tight end? Can Noah Gray step up? There's more questions in that regard. Um, but I, like on Sunday, and I, I do think MVS is going to end up playing, so I don't, it's really going to be down to McColl and Juju and whether or not either of those guys play. I really think by the time we get to, to kickoff on Sunday night, um, but this is why the running back conversation is fun. I think there's a chance Pacheco and Clyde both actually play quite a bit on Sunday. They're better than a touchdown favorite, and that's the league's worst rushing defense. How many other teams could we even have this conversation about? <laughs> that you could be missing three of your top four receivers, and yet you're still not really entertaining the idea that they could lose to a team that is probably going to make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, I'd probably give the edge to Buffalo against the Chargers in really? particular so because if, of the rushing defense. So if I told you that Buffalo was going to be without Stephon Diggs, Diggs Gabe Davis... And Isaiah McKenzie. Oh man, yeah, God, yeah. You're really gonna have faith versus any team, right? Even like including the Browns. What would the Vegas number go to? Because they're what eight point favorites against LA this weekend. It's down to six now. Down it's down to six. six. And some at Caesars at least. Because of some of the injuries. Yeah, yeah, maybe. If Kelsey was role. gone, is yeah. it Pickham? Is he a six oh, point swing? No. He's like a two point swing, right? Mahomes, Four. How many more people have to no, get hurt for the no, no, Vegas no, no, no. to yeah, say it's a pickup? What would have to be the, the starting this, weapons this, for the Chiefs? We've looked this up before. I don't know what it is this year. We we, we had a conversation maybe a year or so ago about that. Oh, you're Mah right. Yeah, Mah yeah. Mahomes is like six he, points. He, no, I don't think. Or no, he was. It wasn't even that high. I, I want to say it was like four and a half. Yeah, it was. They're wrong. That's insane. He's worth way more than four and a half points. Yeah, but just from the, I agree. Like we all know that. I think it's from a true like spread perspective and how they build the line, like. Kelsey's not a three. Yeah, he's as much as we all know Kelsey's incredible. From a betting perspective, he's not moving the line four points, five points, or anything like that. All right, last one for you guys. If Jeff Saturday finishes with a winning record as the Colts head coach this year, <laughs> then then he's the head coach next year. <laughs> then they're going to break the Rooney rule, and he will be the Indianapolis Colts head coach next season. And Dan Orlovsky will be their OC or something. Yeah, he'll be the QB He's going to recruit other people from ESPN to just come work on his staff. Mina Kimes is going to be the spread game analyst. Dan Orlovsky is going to be the offensive coordinator. And Marcus it's going Spears. To be it's going to be the defensive line coach, and it's going to be the most interesting team in the NFL. Put them on hard knocks now. Yeah. I will be instantly fascinated. No, I mean, if he does finish with a winning record uh, at the end of the season, I, there's a great chance he's back as the head coach. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're they right. play the Eagles this weekend. Is that right? Which seems like. Oh, my God. They win that. A layup. But, I mean, 
Can you imagine the headlines on Monday? <laughs> He's going to get to, he should go on an ESPN show and be like, you all have to shut up now. Not a single one of you can say about something about me the rest of the year. That's. That would, would be, be a juicy story. Incredible. Yeah, it would be. It'd be one of the things we talked about on Monday, even after a Chiefs game. Oh, it would get it would get some mention. <laughs> there's, there's no question about that. That would be that'd be something. I don't even know what the line is for that game. I'm assuming they're at least six and a half, seven and a half point. I think I saw it at eight. Oh, by the, the way, eight. I like that Michael Massey came on the show, and we're going to ch- yeah. keep trying to incorporate him as an NFL insider, even though Vinny Pasquantino would be back next week. Came on the show. Because things are being discussed on the show, and then later on Twitter, an app he was not yet on, he has joined the app, and he's chosen violence, essentially across <laughs> the board. The Royals Farm Report Twitter account sent out, all right, you choose one, right? Extend trade and wait and see. Game one of the options of Vinny Pasquantino, MJ Melendez, and Bobby Wood Jr. To Michael Massey's response was, extend Bobby Wood Jr., trade Vinny to the Jets for cash considerations, use that cash to also extend MJ. So just burying his guy immediately on Twitter. That's what his account's going to be. That's it. It's just here to keep Vinny in check. (laughs) Someone responded, cash considerations. That's a steep price. Michael Massey responded back, though, and just said, an Italian running back in New York? Can't put a price on that, man. (laughs) That was Michael Massey's response. So, oh, yeah. I'm enjoying it. It is entertaining to see them going back and forth. All right, up next, though, we were just talking about how thin the Chiefs are going to be at wide receiver. Well, let's talk to a former Chiefs wide receiver to see what that could look like. Danon Hughes, part of the Chiefs radio network. He stops by next. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs red hat hour every day at 11:30 on your official broadcast partner of the chiefs 610 sports radio we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.